0: Good morning to you. Thanks to uh, Simon, who sent us a text here on the great uh, baked bean debate. He says, Yeah, baked beans. I do my fry up in the oven and I place my beans in a Yorkshire pud. Oh. That's an o- yeah, that's an organic ramekin for you, Martin. <laughs> I do like a ramekin. And uh, that's Simon from Plum Pudding Island, Kent, who also suggests uh, Eel of Fortune, uh, starring <laughs> Joanna Plumley for the, uh, for the film. Uh, and Stewie, the QPR fan says um, for the film club Barbel Ella, yeah The Tench Commandments and, uh, Roach Mintel, which is a, is a real film. But, so, well, you know, um, since
1: I've been producing Fisherman's Blues, I, I'm, I'm actually understanding most of these terms, which is great. Yeah. Wow.
0: Tench, <laughs> sure. that's good. Tench, barble, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, brilliant. Right, we're off to uh, Mexico now, and uh, once more we say uh, a very good evening uh, and good morning to uh, John Bonfilio, who joins us right now. Uh, John, a very good evening to you.
1: Good evening, Martin. How are you?
0: I'm fine, thanks. Yourself? Yeah, not too bad. All good here. Good, good, good. Now, um, this is not exactly a surprise, but uh, Mexico's uh, most senior general during the last administration uh, has been arrested on drugs and money laundering uh, charges I- in the US. Tell me, tell me about this story.
1: Yeah, and, and hot on the heels of the most senior defence minister of the previous administration, Hernando Garcia Luna, who was... Basically in charge of the fight against, you know, the war on drugs, who mm. was himself arrested in the U.S. Uh, a year, a year before that on drugs and money laundering charges. I mean, as, as, essentially a, an earthquake across, you know, society, uh, politics and, and the military here in, in Mexico. This guy was arrested a month ago passing through, uh, through Los Angeles uh, airport by the, the DEA in, um, in the U.S. and was just about to be put on trial, as I say, on, on drugs and and money money laundering charges. Essentially, he'd been uh, there's a thousand odd messages uh, uh, that have been intercepted between him and this H2 uh, cartel. And essentially, he was um, out paving the way for this cartel uh, to not get themselves into into trouble or conflict, and to obviously smuggle drugs over up into up into the US. Uh, when the Mexicans, you know, when it hit Mexican news, what well, everybody here. The way everybody here reacted was not so much surprised at the fact that you know a high-ranking member of government had been arrested on corruption charges, but the, the response was this H2 cartel. Who the hell is the H2 cartel? Nobody had really heard of them before because it's a really small splinter cartel that essentially have kept a very low profile over the course of the last few years, and obviously now since this arrest have reached um, have reached fame, maybe not so much fortune. But what's particularly surprising about this arrest of this uh this defense secretary salvador Cienfuegos, is over the course of the last couple of days the charges in the u.s have been summarily dropped um essentially there's been a political maneuver it seems as though um donald trump to thank uh, andres manuel lopez Obrador, the mexican president for not calling to um to congratulate uh joe biden on his win he was being one of the the one of the the, the, the presidents, uh, one of the world leaders who's who's been notable by his absence in terms of not communicating with Biden, has actually gone and, and released this this general back to uh back to uh back to Mexico. And within twelve hours of this decision being made, this uh, this general is now is now back home uh at his house in, in, in Mexico City. Hypothetically he is going to face uh you know charges and justice in Mexico but As somebody was saying to me today, 96% of cases here, you know, go... Go unpunished in 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 a in a legal context, and even those that end up going to to court and then being convicted, I mean, essentially, you know, as we know from El Chapo's man, uh, somebody being sent to prison here doesn't really do very much for you know in terms of them being locked up for any for any period of time. So one of those stories, which is just you know Alice in Wonderland esque, which we use often as a as a parallel in Latin America, but just stranger and stranger and stranger.
0: Yeah, I I noticed the H2 drug cartel, which you mentioned, uh, described here as extremely violent. And I just wondered how you, you know, in your everyday life in Mexico, how you live with the drug cartels. I mean, one assumes that these extremely violent uh, organisations, if you're not actually in the drugs business, it's just like background music and doesn't really affect you.
1: It's really interesting. It's, um, so... It's, it, I guess it's geographically very distinct, you know, across different parts of Mexico in terms of whether there's a cartel, um, involved in a particular place and they have, um, autonomous control. If there's conflict in another place, in which case you're more likely to see it on the, on the streets, you know, displays of, of aggression and bodies and all that kind of stuff. And then there's also quite a few parts of, of Mexico, large parts of the southeast where, where I am, where there's no real, you know, movement trafficking of, um, of drugs or, or narcotics through, through these areas anyway. So it's not as though that's, you know, it, it's in evidence on a, on a day to day basis. Notwithstanding, there are pockets of, uh, you know, of violence which are In which people for sure are, you know, um, terrified for their lives and have to make a decision one way or another. If, especially in terms of splinter groups, if they're going to, you know, jump in bed with one cartel or another. And then that obviously causes them, you know, all manner of problems and so on. And and people do, you know, come into the, come into the line of fire. So it's not to say that it's, it, it doesn't affect, um, you know, huge swathes of the population on a day to day basis. It's definitely present but not not everywhere the Beltrán Leyva cartel is interesting when I lived in more in the center of the of the country a, a few years ago we had some I mean I say some contact with the Beltrán Leyva cartel I mean I didn't have any personal contact with them but we were involved in some um, in some prison outreach for for a while and we did some some visits to some high security prisons at the time and this was in the in the Beltrán Leyva Jurisdiction, if you like. And I remember that we had a, a, a meeting with a, with a prison warden who, who'd invited us in to do this, you know, to do this outreach on, on a Monday. Um, and then on the Friday, I remember picking up the newspaper and finding news that he'd been found, or bits of him had been found in various parts of the city in, in bin mm. bags. Um, and, yeah, and in those kinds of areas, anybody who has a position of power and control who can affect, you know, some kind of... Civic movement or economy or whatever is very much in the in the line of fire. So I guess it's no surprise, you know, if you are the the president or if you are the defence minister, of course the cartels are going to come for you because you're you're going to fundamentally be somebody who can who can really help them out. And if you don't, good luck to you.
0: Yeah, wow. But if you were just as you know, like a bus driver or something like that. By and large, you know, and you 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 know, you turn up for work, do your work, go home, uh, live with your family, etc. Um, you wouldn't be partic- you know, it would be sort of accidental if you got involved in any violence that the you know the drug cartels were responsible for.
1: It, it would, and in some places, you're actually going to feel safer um, and uh, more at peace with yourself if there is. A cartel that's in control, and there's no conflict with the government or with other cartels. Uh, cartels around. I remember speaking to somebody who lived in Acapulco a few years ago, who actually ended up having to, to flee to um, to another state. But she was saying that for years there, actually before the cartels moved in, that. Um, it was horrendous because people would come and steal your sheep and your goats and break into your house and so on. And then the cartel stepped in and basically there was a, there was a curfew and an, an uneasy peace and, and nobody stole anything because anybody who was out on the streets at night would get kneecapped essentially. And she said, um, you know, if you were out after dark, they'd give you a warning and they'd say if you, we see you out, uh, you know, uh, twice, you know, second time or whatever, then we're basically going to kill you. But by the same token, if you knew what those rules were and you abided by those rules, society was essentially Much the safer within that, that, that pocket of control. And you've got to, you've got to counterpoint this as well with the fact that there is zero trust in the police, zero trust, as we've just said, in terms of this corruption trial, you know, this arrest in, in the military as well. So if you've got no state authority in place, it, for a lot of people, and you see this in interviews as well, for a lot of people having, um, you know, a capo, a padron who is, who gives them, uh, who gives them money, who gives them support, who builds hospitals and roads. And presides over an uneasy peace is way better than than anything else that you might you might get in you know in the in the current context
0: yeah well um there you are it's a strange uh (laughs) it's a strange situation strange parallel reality it is isn't it um let's talk about our latin american uh sporting legend um javier sotomayor is that about right for the pronunciation
1: Spot on Martin, your pronunciation is getting better and better
0: getting <laughs> slightly better isn't it um, and uh, possibly the best high jumper
1: of all time yeah, I think definitely I, I was just thinking about other sports you know that um that are that are big in, in Latin America and for sure athletics is really big, especially in you know state sponsored um sports of of cuba and and I remember watching you know the athletics meets the yeah, AAF in the in the 80s and the 90s and so on and and you'd have you you you'd suddenly pay attention when you know your Serge, Sergei Bubka would come on to the pole vault when Daley Thompson you know would be coming to do an event at the decathlon and it was much the same with Javier Sotomayor this you know this Cuban guy who, who has ever rags to riches you know born into a working class family was picked up at 14 to play basketball and then they tried him out in the high jump and he was just absolutely amazing and then just went on to become unequivocally the best uh, high high jumper of all all time the only person to have cleared eight foot ever for those of for those of us who like imperial measurements at his at the time of his retirement 17 of the top 20 jumps in history were his. And get a load of this. Only 13 men in history have jumped over 2.4 meters, and only five of them have jumped that more than once. Javier Sotomayor jumped that 24 times in his career.
0: Wow. Wow, and as you say, um, Cuba, very important to them, isn't it, in terms of uh, it, its state-sponsored and very important to them in terms of uh, international uh, prestige. So you can you know, you see why he's such a big, uh, such a big name. Um, just finally, Peru. We talked about Peru um, last week, John. Um, now they're, they're on three presidents in a week.
1: Yeah nobody wants to be on three presidents in a week. <laughs> 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 Wherever you are in the world. Yeah, as we spoke about last week, there was this um uh the impeachment and the deposition of the, um, of, the, of, the of the of the the president uh, Martin Vizcarra and then that immediately led to the to this guy Manuel Merino being um, declared interim president but revolts um you know massive pro democracy protests and riots across the country because essentially the society, Peruvian society saw it as a, as a coup in which the guy who became president had deliberately ousted the previous president and so there was nationwide fury. And what, what made it even worse was that Marino essentially, um, called in the military and the police to be heavy handed with, with protesters which, you know, was not a good move at all and there were two young students killed, 35 journalists injured, there's another 40 people still as yet unaccounted for etc and then within two days he had to go because his position was was completely untenable so now we've got another president another interim president called francesco francisco zagatti uh, who uh has only really been in politics for the last couple of years worked at the world bank before that but he's essentially a centrist kind of peacemaker candidate and his um his assent to the to the role of in- interim president seems to have quelled the protest there a little bit and essentially he's going to now see out They'll be scattered terms. so there'll be elections held you know hypothetically always with these things in april and then a handover of power in in july but you know in a year in which even before covid you know latin america has been particularly intense even by its own standards and peru has been at the you know the, the flint head of of that the last week has even by their standards uh, been absolutely crazy
0: yeah. It it's interesting that his centrist party is called the Purple Party.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess, you know, a fusion, back to the colours, a fusion of red and, what, blue, I guess? Yeah. Or is that completely wrong?
0: No, I think that's absolutely right. Uh, that is the Purple uh, Party. I thought it was something to do with Prince at uh, one stage, <laughs> but uh, clearly not. Um, John, thanks uh, ever so much, and we'll, uh, we'll talk again soon, if that's OK.
1: No problem. Take care.
0: Bless you. There he is, uh, John Bonfilio, uh, joining us from uh, Mexico. Um-